Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point living room. We have the three amigos back together again. We've got Randall. Hello. Myself. And Shelly. <laughs> hey, somebody told me this week that you always say myself. And you don't say who you are. Yeah, and that doesn't myself. matter. I'm not important. <laughs> you do matter. You matter to me, Joseph Castillo, small groups pastor. AKA Sugars. What's your middle name? You really don't know this? No, I want you I to do. say Richard. it. I do. It's Richard. <laughs> you don't need to say it. <laughs> Uh, well, let's jump in. Uh, this week we're continuing our series uh, talking about isolation and we're talking about big church. So as we jump in, my first question to you guys is, what was a time your friends came through for you? One of the best nights of my life was an opportunity that I didn't have to be at, but I was invited because my friend came through for me. We went to celebrate uh, an anniversary of, I man, I don't know where I couldn't just share all of this. So Meredith and David King invited us to go along with them uh, to celebrate yeah. the anniversary of True to Life Ministries. Yeah. And uh, we were treated to this evening experience of fine French dining. It was like 500 course meal. It was next level. Nice. And I didn't have to be there, but because I got to be. Because of who you were friends with. Because of who I was friends with. You got to be there. It was amazing. That's hmm. a good one. Um... One that comes to my mind was um, it was when I was in seminary, and when I was still single, I think all my friends wanted to really make sure that like I had good Valentine's days and like really celebrated <laughs> my birthday. Like, like I think I think I got better Valentines than like <laughs> if I had been in a relationship. Are you listening, Jeff? <laughs> But one time I came home, and this was when I lived in seminary housing. So this was literally, you could see my apartment building like from seminary campus. And I was pulling in, and I noticed on my second floor porch front door, it was covered. And when I went up there, my friends had come over and they had covered my entire huge front window and door and railing and brick wall because my door is all the way up with construction paper hearts. And some of them had sweet notes on it. But I mean, it was it was over the top. And I was like, man, I've got good friends. I don't think Ashley and I ever hooked you up on Valentine's Day, did we? No, y'all are my birthday <laughs> She people. does have other friends. Right? Well, sure, Ashley sure. always made a huge deal out of my birthday. Sure, sure. When you were talking about construction paper hearts, it actually made me think about one time when the staff had these construction paper hearts for Greg for something that was more silly than serious, but then they all got put on the back of his door, and he closed his door for a meeting, and it was all circled around his back door mirror. Yeah. yeah. It looked like he had all these hearts. Like encouraging, he looked in the encouraging things. Around yes. his mirror. So and when he, he did not know it. that they were placed back there. <laughs> What's yours, Joseph? Um, if I go way far back, growing up, again, I had a best friend my whole life. And my parents were strict parents, but many times when it came to things like grades and things like that, if I did poorly on something, they were like, well, how did he do? <laughs> and so it was like, oh, if he did bad, okay. Then we, we both work pretty hard, but sometimes we would slack off and get a bad grade. And they'd be like, well, if he did bad too, then no big deal. <laughs> and so there were several <laughs> times I'm like, hey, be done. hey, if my parents ask, you didn't do good on this. <laughs> <laughs> Come through for me. <laughs> <laughs> we ran that play many times. It went both ways, both of my parents. 
You know, the other thing I think about when I think about friends coming through for us is like in parenting, it really does take a, a tribe, you know? Mm. And, uh, man, I just, I can think of so many examples of so many different friends that come through just from small things like picking our kids up from school to big things like, you know, taking some home while we were in the emergency room with another one to just, you know, millions of ways mm-hmm. that people love our kids well and that loves us so well. Huge. I think you talk about this on Sunday, but help moving is a huge one because nobody likes <laughs> nobody moving. Wants to. Nobody I don't hate it. But do you is that how you want to spend a Saturday morning? It's a way that I like to love people. Because well, it's so bad. Yeah. It's a, it's a real labor <laughs> of love. They really owe you. <laughs> well I'm also kinda good at it. I think that's why I like you, it. You you are good at it. I'll give you that. And you've helped me move you, many times. If you need help first. moving, yeah, you owe me at jcastillo at brazospoint.com. <laughs> yeah, you heard Randy's it Randy's even got a truck and an SUV that holds a lot. Well, call Randy for your needs. All right. Well, uh, the reason we're talking about our friends is because we're talking about how we're connected to each other and how we benefit each other. And so I have us reading a few verses. Really, the big one I want to pull out is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says, just as a body... Though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Uh, So what does it mean when it says that we are all parts that form one body? What is really the depth of meaning that's that's being communicated there? I mean, I think some of the, the big things to draw out of this analogy is just the diversity among the parts. And there's so many different unique, uh, you know, parts of like a human body and they have unique function unique gifts and abilities and so you look at all of this diversity and how it comes together as a cohesive one Mm -hmm. that's really you know kind of a marvel that's a masterpiece that god has made and uh you know something that he sees great value in yeah and we get to see that Every week on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, and throughout the week, other things like people using their giftedness. We talk all the time about how, you know, volunteer ministry is so that everybody can bring their gifts, their talents and experiences and what they're passionate about to the table so that ministry can happen. And it's just one of my favorite things to get to see. Um, I also think of like other places that you see this played out because I think it just gives a good illustration about how this works. And I think of Chick-fil-A, you Mm. know, (laughs) Think about all the employees that are at Chick-fil-A, and they're all doing their thing. They're all focusing on their slice of the pie so that delicious food can happen. And you've got people in the drive-thru taking... You never get to see the people in the kitchen. Yeah, you don't, but they are... You, you wouldn't say they're the most important because... Well, yes, I would. Well, they are. <laughs> they're the real heroes. Raw, ch- raw chicken will kill you. <laughs> somebody needs to make sure that food gets to me, you know? <laughs> the most important is whoever gives you Chick-fil-A sauce. That's that's a real deal. That's a real deal. So here's another thing that I think, though. Like, Michelle, my mind goes exactly where yours goes, too. It's like, man, we get to see this on Sunday. Like, as Brazos Point is the expression of a body with many parts. 
But something occurred to me that also thinking in terms of the larger body of Christ, not just the local expression that is our mm-hmm. church, but even the the body of Christ that is the, the body that's made up of local churches, and still a tremendous amount of diversity, still a tremendous <laughs> amount of uniqueness, still uh, an example of what it looks like for different churches to have different giftings that they contribute to the community, and really just thinking about the body of Christ in a more macro view, mm-hmm. I think is, is an awesome thing to think about, too. Mm. I know you love this, Shelly. I know you love teamwork. 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 Makes her teary-eyed. <laughs> it does. Uh, well, the next question is, how do followers of Jesus benefit from being connected to one another, uh, both in giving and receiving? Man, I, I don't think I'm overstating this. I cannot imagine my life without connection to the body of Christ mm-hmm. and to the church. Uh like even going back to what I talked about, friends coming through for us and having a tribe that's helping us raise our kids. But I mean, just like, that's just one way. I mean, I really, we benefit infinitely from being connected to the body of Christ. And I hope that we're giving something back too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just countless examples come to my mind because I mean, like Randy said with parenting, I mean, across the board, like um, it can be, something as small as, I mean, even honestly, like a sweet text goes a long way to me. Um, But then also like some of the big things, like if there's some kind of medical situation going on in my home and, and, you know, people need to step in and help other things get done or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like there's just, I'm, I'm with you. I can't imagine I can't imagine what life would look like without those folks to lean on. And I hope I'm leaned on too. Well, and some of it is in the most practical ways, right? Like on the handy scale, I'm a five, which fives are the most dangerous because tens are capable and ones know their lack of capability. Fives get in and screw things up beyond repair. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, but where I know my limitations is small engine repair. And so, like today or tomorrow, I'm going to go pick up my. My leaf and grass blower from yep. Joe Kukla, who has yep. repaired my small engine. Yeah. Like, there's a benefit. Yeah. You know? That's, yes. So that take your small engines too. to Joe Kukla. Uh, take your, your moving to Benny me. Lowry going. fixed our lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the benefits are endless. <laughs> we'll give you more names if you need <laughs> uh, Well, one of the things that comes out of message is the idea that as following Jesus, we need other people. And not only do we need others, but others need us as well. We have a role to play as well in contributing, um, which I think is an important piece. And the reason why this message is called Big Church is really talking about the, our large group gatherings. When we get together on Sunday, not just Brass's Point, but every church everywhere. And how do we make that big church feel small and actually become connected? Um, from the beginning, God has uh, set up... Um, following him to be something we do collectively together. And uh, I even bring out the fact that Jesus, when he started his ministry, he formed a group. You know, he could have done things on his own, but he chose to form a group. And that was really was the foundation of the idea of we, it's good for us to be together on Sundays, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are connected if that's all you're experiencing. That's a huge part of what it means to be a part of Brazos Point is to be connected in a smaller setting in a smaller group. So, uh, my next question for you guys is when you look at the times in your life where you, your faith grew the most, what was happening around you and who was around you? What were those moments, those markers? I think this question gets at the reciprocal nature 
of being a part of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? The both and of receiving and giving, using your gifts and experiencing the grace of other people's gifts because my faith has grown in both. It's mm-hmm. grown in being dependent on others and just seeing the goodness of God as a grace to us when we needed other people uh, to come alongside us and help us through something and being like, man, God showed up. God used his people. God mobilized. God took care. God provided. And this is stretching and growing our faith. But then also knowing that I grow just as much in those spaces where I'm the one that gets used. And it's like, man, I prepared. I planned. I prayed. I gave it what I got. And God breathes life into it. And and that that expands our faith, too. Yeah, I'm I'm. My faith grows the most when I'm the most uncomfortable, I think. And when I say uncomfortable, I mean being stretched and no pushed AC. out of my... Do what? No AC. No AC, yes. <laughs> A couple Sundays ago. <laughs> 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 but usually it's around a next step with God that I'm taking. And I have grown in my faith the most when I, you know, even starting when I was in, in high school or college, when I said yes to maybe leading a small group of, of younger kids. And so I had to study the lesson and prepare for that. And I felt out of my element. So it was causing me to lean in to the Lord and completely depend on Him because I felt that dependent. <laughs> you know, that need for dependence on him and um, just growing in that way um, when I'm most uncomfortable. And then, you know, when I think about the people who are around me when that happens, like Randy said, it's so reciprocal in nature because when I'm the one being stretched and taking that next step with God. I'm I'm leaning on God. I'm being encouraged by others. I'm getting to see what God does, the work that he does in me and through me and around me. And that's so encouraging. And then, you know, it's always people who see what God is doing and point out what God is doing. Like, I don't know if y'all have ever been in a situation where you've been talking about something and even though you know that it's God at work, maybe you don't say that out loud. And then whoever you're with points out God's hand in it. And it's like, yes, you know, I love being reminded that it's God working. And then also when I'm around people who are gifted in ways that are different from maybe how I'm naturally bent, because it challenges me, it pushes me. You know, I talked last week, I think about like with Jeff, like he's very disciplined when it comes to like daily Bible reading and some things like that. And so him being that way pushes me to try to be that way. And that makes me grow in my faith. Hmm. Well, I have us going back to the story we touched on last week, but I think it's so good, and I use it in the message on Sunday. But it's the the paralyzed man being carried by his friends to um, get in front of Jesus, and the fact that they have an obstacle in front of them. It's a packed house; they can't get in, so they rip the roof off and lower him in. Uh, it's such a good story, and clearly they have to overcome some obstacles. They don't give up; they keep going. So, my next question is: in our context. What do you think is the equivalent to carrying someone's mat to Jesus and even ripping a hole in a roof? Like, what does that look like played out for us? I mean, I have a couple things come to mind. You know, one, I would say, man, they just did whatever it took, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, whatever it takes for me to carry you to Jesus, even if I'm going to have to sacrifice, even if I'm going to have to maybe do something that's outside of my comfort zone, right, even if I'm yeah. going to, right? So whatever it takes. The other thing I think about is like being a disciple maker, 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry you to Jesus. I'm going to carry you into discovering relationship with him. I'm going to walk alongside you and carrying you into developing relationship with him and just kind of owning that mantle of disciple maker where it's like, man, I, I want to take some level of responsibility as much yeah. as it is up to my control to carry you to understand, to grow, to learn, to love the heights, widths, depths, and lengths of the love of God in Christ. And right along with being a disciple maker, I think about parents and how, you know, parents are consistently over and over carrying their children to Jesus before those children can necessarily make the decision for themselves to move toward Jesus on their own. And, you know, I also think parents are willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, for their child, which could look like ripping a hole in the roof. Well, and yeah, I mean, you think about it, it's like, man, I'd rip a thousand roofs off to, to see my kids know, love, and follow Jesus. What does it look like to transfer that energy to my friends? Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I think w- one of the things that comes to mind, the idea of carrying someone else's mat, is the the story right there in front of us is a paralyzed man. And I think, you know, there aren't, the idea of big church, there are not many people who come through our doors who have a physical disability in that same way. There's some, but if we use this story as a, as a really an illustration of our, our spiritual and our emotional condition down on the mat in the same way who need help getting picked up, mm-hmm. there are a lot more people in the room who are living and who can relate to that. Yeah. And just as we look at the room and even getting back to the idea of becoming connected, there are a lot of people in the room on Sunday morning in the grocery store that you encounter who was spiritual condition Emotional condition is very much like this man on the mat, and they need people to pick them up and take them to Jesus. Well, and we don't we don't have to go to the grocery store, right? Like we've talked about this this whole message series. It's sobering, but it's a reality that we can just stay in the walls of our church mm-hmm. and know that there's disconnected people, and even know that there's people that can't relate to the blessing of connection that we've described in this podcast in the very same fellowship. You know, and that's that's sobering. It's heartbreaking, and I know that there's a there is a relationship there. In the same way that man, we're receiving, but we're also giving. There's plenty of people that are not giving, and they're also not receiving. You know, they're not in mm-hmm. either side of that reciprocation. But man, it's like I would love to see us move the needle on more and more disconnected people becoming yeah. connected to groups and teams and beyond worship services to the point that they taste at least a portion of the blessing that we live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, another helpful way to think about what it looks like to carry someone's mat to Jesus and to rip that hole in the roof, in my mind, is to think about what that doesn't look like. And, like, I want to think that the opposite of that is carrying someone's mat away from Jesus. But y'all know this is one of my favorite Bible stories of all time, and I like to put myself in different people's shoes. And today, as I was reading over the story, a whole new set of people came to mind that this probably wasn't plan A. Climbing up on the roof and (laughs) ripping a hole in it and destroying these people's house probably was not the friend's plan A. Maybe it was. (laughs) Unless these were seventh grade boys. This was plan A. Up to ninth grade boys, (laughs) officially. (laughs) But like, so probably in my mind, in my mind's eye, what happens is they walk up and there's this crowd around the house and however many layers in, whether it's the first layer, the second layer or further, somebody saw what was happening 
and chose to turn back around. Somebody chose to turn their back to not part the way, to not make a pathway through the crowd so that this person paralyzed on a mat could get to Jesus. So the opposite of carrying someone to Jesus doesn't have to look like pushing them away from Jesus. It can look like being oblivious to the needs around us. I got stuck on mind's eye. <laughs> That's a Greg phrase. It is, but I always say like a brain with one large cyclops eyeball. <laughs> My mind's That's what eye. I meant. Yeah. Yeah. My mind's eye. Mind's eye. Cyclops eyeball brain. Uh, so with that in mind, the idea of who can we carry or what does that look like? Kind of flip the question, who has helped carry you or bring you to Jesus? I mean, not to be one note, but I think I'm stuck on the idea of disciple making. And so I think about the disciple makers in my life, you know, the mentors uh, that the were disciple makers that took the time to, to lead me, to grow me, to develop me. It's, uh, you know, Joe Emmert, Bob Greiner, Ron Nordell. That goes all the way back to my, you know, formative years. Um, but it, it, I could keep the list could keep going all the way to present day. Yeah, I'm the same. Those folks in my life, whether it was a Sunday school teacher, a student small group leader, or you know, someone in college leading a Bible study, whatever it was, people I admire who are walking with Jesus. But I also think of my grandma, um, who this is my dad's mom, and she was our babysitter. Basically, she's who kept us when my parents were at work. And she was constantly pointing me toward Jesus. And she was also constantly praying for me and getting me to church and all of those things. And so grandparents, y'all are a big deal, man. <laughs> she was also adorable. She was And adorable. she also always gave you blizzards, uh, right? No, blizzards? no, no, no. Dipped cones. Dipped cones. Yeah. There's yeah. there's some problem things too, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I knew her. I met her a few times. She never gave me a dipped cone. <laughs> well, I think the lists you gave of these people who stand out as disciple makers or people who just helped you along the way are are it's a great list. And I think it brings up kind of this the idea of this last question that there is a distinction here in many ways. And the question is simply, many of us might have friends who might try to pick us up, but why is it important that we have people in our life who will carry us to Jesus specifically? And I think the idea behind this too is we have family, we have friends in our lives that we've encountered who are good friends. They love us, they care for us. And in moments of need or difficulty or even just through life, they want to pick us up. But the truth is, if they don't know Jesus, they're going to pick us up and try their best but they may not be carrying us towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so just the, what is the distinction there? And why is it important that we actually understand where's this person taking me to? Who is he taking me to? And, and are they able to really carry me to Jesus? I think it's critical to make this distinction because this speaks to what I want so deeply for our people, for the people of Brazos Point Fellowship. Because, I mean, I just think we, I don't know if it's our, community, our context, our corner of the world, but I just feel like we live in a place where people help people, you mm -hmm. know, and people love people yeah. and people will come through for you. Um, that's awesome. And, and thank God for that. But there is a distinction and a difference between that and people that will point you to Jesus and people that will lead you, yeah. you know, to, to Christ. There's people who will move you and there's people <laughs> who will move you towards Jesus. Right. And I want... <laughs> I want our folks to be saturated in their lives with those kinds of friendships uh, that are so purposeful. Yeah. 
and being that for people too. And I don't know if this is where you're going, Joseph, but the other thing is Jesus is actually the only one who can offer us true healing. Like when we're down and need to be picked up, like Jesus is where peace that doesn't make sense comes from. And he is ultimately what we need. He's who we need. And he's sufficient, even if we didn't have the friends bringing us to him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that needs to be, as a Christ follower, like, he's my purpose, you know, so that should always be where I'm heading. Um, Yeah. I think one of the things, like going back to the distinction, I mean, it's like the conversation we've been having throughout this series of the difference between community and Christian community, right? There's connection and there's Christian connection and and there is a difference. And I think part of what's, uh, I don't know, I hope eye-opening for us is there's a reality out there that some groups do community better than we do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they do, they foster connection That's better than we do. And man, I, we, I want us to be the best at it because it's, it matters more. I think uh, we were meant to as well. Yeah. We were always meant to stand out based on how the, how we love the, one the, another. Yeah. And the yeah. commands, this is how the world would know who we were how we treated and blessed each other. And sometimes it's not always the case. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking when you talked about how there's people who pick you up, but if they don't love Jesus, they're not carrying you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I also think it's totally possible for someone, a friend who does love Jesus, to still not really carry you toward Jesus. And like, I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking that we're meeting people's needs Mm. and that our needs are being met by people. And, you know, in a way that's definitely true and connection's important, but we also need to recognize that people are going to let you down. People are not perfect. People are not sinless. And so that makes me think back to one of the first things we talked about in this series, which is an enemy of connection being that you've been hurt or that there's insecurity. And so like, it's kind of just acknowledging that, yeah, I might get hurt, but the connection is still worth it. And Jesus will never fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I was just reading before we started recording uh, the idea that if someone is putting their faith in me, as a pastor and a preacher, they will be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, right? I know that. (laughs) Um, But the idea that he's not, he's not going to let you down. Yeah. I hope that also makes people more confident in what it means to step in in these moments. Like the idea of these guys can't do anything for him, for their friend. Right. But they can take him to the place, to to the the person who can. I think about the idea of Paul when he said, they asked him for money. He said, gold and silver I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. And he started telling them about Jesus. And just, you know, I hope people don't trust in me because I know myself, but also give me personal confidence to know I'm not taking you to me. I'm going to start using that verse with my children. (laughs) Gold and silver I have none, but what I do have, I will rip off roofs to give you. A A thousand. (laughs) They're like, whatever, Dad. (laughs) Heard it all before. Well, uh, I think this is a good week, and I hope if you're listening to this and you feel like I want that, but I don't have it. I don't even know where to start. One of the things we talk about on Sunday is there are many ways to find this type of community. Like our small groups are not the only way, but they are our way. 
And I think they're a good way and a good place to start. And so if you're interested at all, you can reach out to me or any one of us, or you can go to brazzespoint.com and click on small groups and fill out a form. We'd love to get you connected around other people who are also following Jesus together. Can I throw in one more on that, Justice? Sure. If you listen to this and you have experienced the goodness of small groups, um, what if you led one and helped us increase our capacity Please. so that more people could experience what you've had in a healthy and dynamic group, you know? Like the more leaders, the more capacity, the more capacity, the more connection. Hmm. Let's go. We always need more space, more seats. Well, this was good, guys. I did have one little announcement update for you guys. Did you bring more ice cream? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Just wanted you to, come to know us. that uh, I have started watching The Chosen. Oh, no. promise you. Have you seen the story yet? No. Oh, okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Is it? I'm excited. But I'm hooked. I'm in. Nice. I'm yeah. going to rewatch it third time. Has it stirred your affection for Jesus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that I cried, but. Did you? Uh... I do every episode. I never haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut this part out. Uh, just kidding. That, Thanks for listening. That teamwork on the disciples. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll listen next week. Love you.